always meeting our needs. In Jesus' name, amen. You may receive the tithes and the offerings. Of course, we're studying on the subject of faith. Subject of faith. So this is about the fourth or fifth week on it. And I uh, trust you're getting some good things about, you know, out of it. Uh, remember, you can't please God apart from faith. Is that right? Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. You can't get saved without faith. For by grace, we've been saved through what? Through, through faith, you know. And you can't receive healing or provision from Him apart from faith. It takes faith to receive from God. And what is, what is faith? It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Is that right? And so we've been, been talking about all these different things. We've, we've taught you that and said to you that the uh, principles of faith are taught. The spirit of faith is, is what? Is caught. So if you want to get a spirit of faith about you, you need to get around people that have, have a spirit of faith about them. And that spirit of faith on them will jump off on you. And I'd rather be around somebody that they may not have all the principles of faith down real good, but they've got a spirit of faith about them. You can get a whole lot further with that person than you can with somebody that just has a bunch of rules and regulations, you know. And, and so we've said much to you about it, but let's go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And, uh, of course, uh, in talking about a spirit of faith some weeks ago, couple weeks back we looked at Hebrews the 11th chapter but I want to go back in here again and notice Hebrews 11:32 and what more shall I say for the time would fail me or I don't have enough time to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah also of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms worked righteousness obtained promises stopped the mouths of lions quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. And uh, so right here it's mentioning some people who lived by faith. They had a spirit of faith about them. Now up above in this chapter, you know, you see people like Abraham and and you see people like Noah and, and Abel and Moses and these other ones, Sarah, uh, so on and so forth. But uh, it just seemed good to the Spirit of God to go in here and look at maybe a couple of these other people over the next couple of weeks. I think next week we're going to look at Gideon. You know, Gideon will we'll show you that, that he overcame an inferiority complex through faith. And uh, also, we'll show you when we talk about Gideon that it's possible to have doubt in your head and faith in your heart. And God will still honor that faith that's in your heart even if you have doubt in your head. So we'll get to that. But today, notice if you would here, it mentioned in verse 32, David. David. You ever hear of David? David, King David, you know? And, uh, and so I want to talk about him today and how he used his faith... You know, uh, much in his life required faith. Much in his life required faith. But perhaps the event that stands at the top of the list in David's life concerning faith is the killing of the giant Goliath. It took faith to kill the giant. And uh, from David and his faith, we can learn many lessons about facing and killing a giant. And this is important because eventually a giant is going to come your way. Defying you and threatening you. And either you're going to kill the giant or the giant's going to kill you. And so ten things here that you need to know and do in order to kill the giant when, I didn't say if, but when he shows up. Now, the Philistines who were a type of the devil, had set themselves against the army of Israel and against the people of God. And in 1 Samuel 17, let's go to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17, now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle. Verse 1. And were gathered, and it gives some places where they were gathered there. Notice verse 2. And Saul, this was King Saul, 
And the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. And where was he from? He was from, he was from Gath. Remember that. Whose height was more than nine feet tall. Think about that. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. That was really heavy. And he had bronze greaves on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and, and a shield bearer went before him. Verse 10. And the Philistine said, now here's what Goliath said. Here's what he said. He said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel, verse 11, heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Notice this. Goliath came out, the giant. He defied the armies of Israel. He defied the people of God. And they were, dis notice, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. The number one thing you need to realize when a giant shows up, and a giant will show up in your life at some point, do not ignore the giant. Do not, if you're taking notes, write this down, do not ignore the giant. You see, a lot of people have this attitude, if I ignore the giant, maybe he'll go away. Well, he's not going to go away. You see, faith does not ignore the problem. Faith deals with the problem. Faith taps into the power of God and kills the problem. So that's the first thing you need to realize. Do not ignore the giant. Number two, do not be afraid of the giant. Now, that's easier said than done. But I'm telling you, you do not want to get in to fear. You want to stay out of fear at all costs. Now, I, now listen carefully. I do not believe that it is wrong to feel fear. The Apostle Paul, when he was in that shipwreck and all of that, I mean, there was, there was, he even mentioned some fear and whatnot. But... You see, it's one thing to feel fear. It's another thing to react based on fear. So if you're taking notes, write this down. When the giant, I didn't say if, I said when the giant appears, it's not wrong to feel fear. I feel fear at times. Anybody that tells you that they've never felt fear is lying to you. The greatest faith Men and women that's ever lived have felt fear. There's nothing wrong with feeling fear. Just don't react based on fear. React based on your faith. And your faith is in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Do not react to the giant based on fear, but rather react to the giant based on faith. Now eventually, David came on the scene from his father's house to bring his brother's supplies and bring back, back a report on how his brothers were doing. And notice here in 1 Samuel 17, verse 23, says this, Then as he, that's David, talked with them, talked with his brothers, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, named Goliath, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. Now listen to that. He spoke according to the same words. What words? We just read. He's defying the armies of the living God. And uh, you, you need to realize this. He spoke the devil. You see, Goliath is a type of the devil. He spoke according to the same words. He was defying the people of God, the armies of God. You need to realize this. The devil will repeat threats again and again to your mind. You need to realize that about the devil. He will repeat threats again and again to your mind. And the Bible says, So David heard them. He heard these words. 
These were the same words his brothers heard. His brothers had heard Goliath defy them. Now David's on the scene and he heard the same words that the same threatening words that his brothers had heard. And verse 24 says, All the men of Israel, when they saw this man, they saw Goliath, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. You see, his brothers and David heard the exact same words, the exact same threats, but one reacted based on fear and they ran. The other, David, as we'll see, reacted not based on fear, but rather he reacted based on faith, you see. Because the Bible says, All the men of Israel, when they saw the, the man, the giant, they fled from him and were de- dreadfully afraid. They reacted in fear. David, as we'll see, reacted in faith. And, and let me point something else out to you. Does anybody remember who anointed David as king? Does anybody remember who anointed him as king? Samuel. Remember when Samuel went to Jesse's house? God directed him to go down there and anoint the next king of Israel. How many remembers that? And he went in there, and and, and Eliab, Abinadab, Shammah, you know, and David's brothers came up before Samuel, and Samuel himself said, surely, when he saw Eliab, surely this must be God's anointed. And God said, no, that's not the one. And and, and Abinadab came up, and Shammah, surely, surely these must be, one of these must be God's anointed. And, And God said, no, 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 you know, to Samuel. Speaking right to him on the inside, I'm sure. No, 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 no. And then after he went through all of David's brothers, you know, and none of them were the anointed, none of them were the ones that God had pointed out, you know, wanted to be the king and so forth. And, 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 and Samuel said to Jesse, do you have any other, any other sons? And he said, well, there's one little, little kid out in the back, my youngest. He's out in the back, and he cares for my sheep. You know, David cared for God's sheep. He, and they made fun of him. His brothers made fun of him because he cared for the, for the, for the little sheep, even the littlest of the little, the, the ones that nobody else would give any attention to or pay any attention to. Uh, David, he loved those sheep, and he took care of every last one of them. And so Jesse said, yeah, I have this, I have this uh, guy out back, this little boy out back, but you know, surely he couldn't be the one. And of course, when David came in, God said to Samuel, he's the one. Now, how many of you know it took faith for Samuel to anoint, uh, to anoint David? Is that right? Because you see, faith is not based on what we see. Faith is based on what God says. Is that right? Is that right? And so Samuel's looking and he's seeing these, these wonderful men here, these, these handsome, wonderful, powerful men. But, 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 you know, in the natural, you'd want to pour the oil, you'd want to take and pour the oil on one of them. But God's saying, pour it on this, this ready little, little scrawny little kid over here. And how many of you know it took faith for Samuel to, to dump that oil on David? Is that right? And anoint him? Because in the natural, it didn't look like he was going to amount to anything. But how many of you know the years come and go, time comes and goes, however long it was, and now we see why God wanted Samuel to anoint David and not Eliab, Abinadab, and Shabbat. Why? Because when the giant showed up, what happened to Eliab, Abinadab, and Shabbat? They're running, aren't they? They're running. Is that right? Are they running? Huh? But now David's going to stand up to the giant. How many of you know God knows what he's doing? And we need to obey him no matter what it looks like. Is that right? We need... There's a lesson right there with Samuel, isn't it? Yes or no? Are you out there today or are you going to help me preach this? All right, I need you to help me preach this. If we're going to get all that God wants out of the service, you're going to have to help me just a little bit, okay? Is that all right? Do you have a spirit of faith about you? Then, then, then let that faith come out of your mouth. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And so anyway... So, so it took faith for Samuel to anoint David. So now we got his brothers running in fear. And there's David. They both heard the same words. Now notice verse 25. So the men of Israel said to David, Have you seen this man, the giant? Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. Number three, if you're taking notes and you want to be able to kill the giant when he shows up in your life is this. Do not magnify the giant. Do not magnify the giant. See, that's what uh, these uh, other soldiers did. 
And David's brothers did in verse 25. Have you seen this man? Have you seen this John? Have you seen how, how big he is? Have you seen how, how, how vicious he is? Have you heard what he's been, been saying and what he's going to do to us? Don't magnify the giant. Don't measure the giant against yourself. Measure the giant against God. Because, see, if you measure the giant against yourself, you're always going to look small and the giant's always going to look tall. But measure the giant against God. And I tell you what, uh, when you measure the giant against God, that giant's going to look very, very small because God is as big as it gets. Glory to God. So now verse 26 says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Or who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Boy, I like that. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You know that word uncircumcised, you ought to underline that. That means that, that, that Goliath did not have a covenant with God. He did not have a covenant with God. And while these other guys are running away from, from the giant, David is standing there and he's saying, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this man that does not know God? Who is this man that does not have a covenant with Almighty God? Who is he that should defy the armies of the living God? Uh, you don't defy the armies of the living God. I'm telling you, you don't do it and you don't, you don't do it and get away with it. And you see, this is David's faith talking right here. Faith has a voice. Is that right? Faith is released through words and our actions. And you see, when he says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? That's David's faith talking, you see. And, uh, and so the fourth thing you need to know is this. Know your enemy and know your covenant. Know your enemy and know your covenant. See, David knew something about... Uh, 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 the enemy, he knew something about the Philistines and, and he knew that, 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 that Goliath was an uncircumcised Philistine and he knew that he did not have a covenant with God and, and, and it pays to know your enemy. You need to know your enemy. You need to understand your enemy. If you study anything about war at all, one thing that they'll tell you is you've got to understand your enemy. You need to understand your enemy. And so David understood his enemy and he knew that his enemy was an uncircumcised Philistine and he did not have a covenant with Almighty God. You see, the Bible says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The Bible also says that Satan can take advantage, the devil can take advantage of us if we're ignorant of his devices. So you see, we need to, we need to realize how, we need to have some knowledge and realize how our enemy operates and, uh, and we should use that to our advantage. And David knew that uh, Goliath was uncircumcised. He didn't have a covenant with God. And he also knew that no one defies the armies of the living God and lives to tell about it, you see. You understand that? So he had that going for him. It's good to have some inside knowledge. Is that right? And, and, and then verse 31. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for David. He sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. See, there, there, there's that faith. He's telling Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. See, David's not going to react based on fear. And then he tells Saul, your servant will go fight with this Philistine. Boy, I like that. Don't you like that? Your servant, I mean, he wants to fight. That, that, that giant wants to fight. Well, we're going to give him one. You know what? A spirit of faith, if you've got a spirit of faith about you, there'll be, be a fighting attitude about you. And we fought the good fight of faith, you know. Faith, faith is a fight. But remember this, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and wicked spirits in high places. But the good news is, is that Jesus has already defeated them. Glory to God. And all we have to do now is stand up and keep our foot right on the neck of the devil. Can you say amen glory to God amen. hallelujah <laughs> glory to God I tell you what he says your servant verse 32 will go fight with this Philistine praise God forevermore verse 33 and Saul said to David now here we go 
Here we go. You start wanting to stand up in your faith, you're going to have people try to talk you out of it. And notice verse 33, Saul said to David, you are not able. I I don't like those words, do you? You are not able. You are not able. Remember Joshua and Caleb? They said, we are well able to take the land. Glory to God. Is that right? But here we go. You're not able. I'm telling you, you get in the spirit of faith. You get that faith going and rolling out of you. And you start speaking it out of your mouth. And you start ready to go fight in the name of God. You'll always have people. You're not able. You're not able. You're not able. You just need to realize that. Because people are going to show up and do that. They're just going to. But be ready for it. Don't let them discourage you. Can you say amen? Amen. I said, can you say amen? amen? And so... He says, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth. Well, what does age have to do with anything? Nothing. Nothing. You can be young and kill the giant. You can be old and kill the giant. It doesn't have to do with your, with your age. It has to do with, with your faith. For you are but a youth, he said, and, and a man of war. And, and this guy, this giant, has been a man of war from his youth. Well, what difference does that make? As long as you've got God on your side, what difference does it make? And in verse 34, David said to Saul, Your servant used to... Now, oh boy, watch this. David said to Saul, Your servant, speaking of himself, used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came, and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose, and that's why he became, that's why he became king of Israel, by the way, because he was concerned about the little lambs. Did you hear what I just said? I just thought I'd throw that in there. That's why God took him out of the sheep pen and made him the most powerful man in the land because he cared about the little sheep that nobody else cared about, you see. Anyway, he says, verse 35, I went out after it. The lion, the bear, and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Now, I like that, don't you? I said, don't you like that? Verse 36, he says, your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine. You see, that's how David is seeing, that's how he's seeing this giant. He's not looking at him as a giant. What's he looking at him as? An uncircumcised Philistine. Is that right? He said, your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Do you see David knows what he's doing here, doesn't he? He's just a kid, but he knows what he's doing. He's probably about, I don't know, 16, 17, 18, 19, somewhere in there. I don't know. But I tell you what, he knows his covenant. He knows his enemy. And he says, your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised. See, he's minimizing the problem. Don't maximize the problem. Minimize the problem. Weigh it against God and the problem will always be minimized. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he's defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Glory to God. God's delivered me before and he'll deliver me again. Praise God forevermore. Glory to God. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Boy, that excites me. That excites me. The Lord has delivered me from the paw of the lion. See, the Lord did it. The Lord did it. The Lord did it. The Lord's delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Glory to God. I love this stuff, don't you? And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. Praise God forevermore. He talked old Saul out of his doubt and unbelief, didn't he? Glory to God. Number five, if you're taking notes, here's what you ought to write down. Use your faith on smaller problems before the giant shows up. See, a lot of people wait till cancer hits their body to start believing God. No, start believing God on the little ache and the little pain, the little headache or this and that. Start believing God on those things. Don't wait for the giant to show up to start using your faith. Did you hear what I just said? Don't wait for the giant to show up. Start using your faith on the littler problems, on the littler things, you see. 
Use your faith on the littler things. Don't wait for the big thing to show up. That's what David did. He was, he was practicing on the lion. He was practicing on the bear. He had victories over them. He remembered those victories. And now this giant shows up. And to David, this giant, I mean, just think about facing a lion and a bear. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty big stuff, right? So he had some victories under his belt. And he said, this giant will be like one of those. Why? Because you see, David was practicing his faith on the smaller things. And when the big thing showed up, he was well ready and well able to go. Amen. See, see a lot of people, you know, it's like that old commercial back in the late 60s, early 70s used to come on. And this, uh, th- this, this, this couple was laying on the beach, you know, and, and, and out at the beach. And this big muscle man came up and kicked kicked sand in this little guy's face and took the girl away from him. And, and so what the fella did that got the sand kicked in his face, he went off to the gym and started lifting weights, you know. Well, it's too late then, you know. I said, it's too late then. You need to get your muscles ready to go before that other guy shows up to take the girl away from you. Is that right? And a lot of people with their face, see, they wait till the, pro- the big problem shows up until they start, you know, cracking the Bible. Listen, get in there, get in the Bible, use your faith on the littler things, and then when the big thing shows up, you'll be able, through the name of Jesus and the power of God and through your faith, to defeat that, that big thing just like you did the littler things, you see. Is that right? So verse 38 now, so David, so Saul, rather, clothed David with his armor. Oh, this is such a big thing. Get a hold of this now. So Saul, notice verse 38. Saul told him, go, God be with you. But now Saul's still going to try to help David out a little bit. And he clothes David, verse 38, with his armor, with Saul's armor. Saul's going to put his clothes on David, so to speak. His armor on David. And he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and he tried to walk. He tried to walk. He's probably stumbling all over. The clothes, no doubt, didn't fit him. David was a kid. Saul was a grown man. There's no question in my mind that that, that, that the clothes, the the, the armor didn't fit, you see. And so uh, notice here, though, he said, the Bible says David had not tested them. He'd not tested them. He'd not tested that. He'd never used that weaponry in battle before, you see. Very important what we're saying here now. He had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these. I have not tested them. So David took them off. Number six, if you're taking notes, you cannot kill the giant based on someone else's revelation of the word of God. Did you hear that? You cannot. You cannot kill the giant based on someone else's revelation of the Word of God. You must get a revelation of the Word of God for yourself. You must get it for yourself. Many people, many Christians, born-again, spirit-filled Christians, sickness hit their body and they died, buried right now and are in heaven with Jesus, never did receive their healing, could have, but never did because they were trying to receive their healing based on someone else's revelation of the Word of God on the subject of healing. Now, thank God for other people's revelations of the Word of God. And we need to learn from other people. But somewhere along the line, we're going to have to get into the Word of God and get a revelation of healing or whatever it is for ourselves. For ourselves. I said for ourselves. This is a big point right here. You cannot defeat the giant based on the revelation of somebody else. You've got to get a revelation of the Word of God for yourself. Healing, whatever it is, has to become real to you. The Scriptures have to become real to you. They have to get planted in your heart and become real to you. And then when you get that revelation of the Word of God for yourself, then you'll be ready to stand up and face the giant. You see, 
And that's what this is symbolizing. When David had Saul's armor on, see, he was, Saul wanted him to go out and fight the, and fight the giant based on, on Saul's clothes and what Saul's armor. And David said, no, I, I haven't tested him. I, I'm not going to go out and fight based on, on your clothes. He said, I'm going to go out and, and, and fight this giant based on, on what I know, on what I, what I can use, you see. Do you see, boy, can, do you see that? Do you understand that? Vitally important. You can't kill the giant based on someone else's revelation of God's word. Now verse 40. Then he, David, took his staff in his hand. And he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag. Now people have asked me over the years, Pastor, why did he pick out five smooth stones? Why were there five? That's a good one. Amen. Some people say J-E-S-U-S. That's good in English, but it doesn't work in the Hebrew. <laughs> I like what this young man said over here. Goliath had some brothers. And David's getting ready for them in case they show up. I like that. Good point, young man. I like that. Keep, 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 keep me on my toes. I love it. I love it. Can't tell you how much I love it. He had some brothers. He had some brothers. I think he had four brothers, so he's getting ready for them. Is that right? I like that. I like that. But I also would add to that and say that David just wanted to be prepared also. I think he realized that he was not infallible. Do you understand? So he's just preparing. He's loading up. Say loading up. He was loading up. He was loading up. Let's load up. Let's be full of the word of God. Let's load up. Right? Let's load up to take this giant out. And if the first one misses, we'll, we'll hit him with the second one. And if the se- See, a lot of people want to quit after one. A lot of people want to quit after two. Well, a lot of people want to quit. No, we, we keep going, bless God. Is that right? Didn't the prophet tell the guy, go down and dip seven times in the brook? Is that right? You don't, don't, I preached a message one time, don't, don't stop on six. He said, dip seven. You dip once, you come up, still leprosy, dip twice, still leprosy, dip three times. Looks like it's not working. Looks like it's not working. Looks like God's not going to show up. Well, he said, dip seven times. Don't stop on three. Don't stop on four. Don't stop on five. My God, don't stop on six. A lot of people stop on six. They'll stop. Well, it looks like it's not working. It looks like it's not working. No, when, when the guy came up the seventh time, he was cleansed and whole. Can you say amen? amen? He said, go around Jericho once a day, once a day for six days, and on the seventh day, go around seven days. Is that right? Yeah. So we don't stop on six. We keep going. We obey God. And when we obey God, bless God, we'll have the victory. Glory to God. And so why did he take those, why did he take those five? Yeah, he had four brothers. I love that. And if they show up, we'll knock them out too. Bless God. But also too, if we miss with the first shot, we're going to have a second one. If we miss with the second one, we're going to have a third one. And we miss with, we're going to fight that sucker till we beat him. Can you say amen? Glory to God. I like what one, one good preacher said. We don't fight no nine inning games. By golly, we play till we win. Glory to God. I like that. Don't you? I said, I like that. We don't play nine inning games. We play till we win. Glory to God. Come on, say amen to that. Praise God. We got a spirit of faith about us. We don't quit. We don't stop on six. We don't stop. We don't stop until the giant's dead, as you'll see. Glory to God. Well, I'm so excited. I just, I just love this. I just love this. And so verse, uh, verse 40 he puts them in a pouch which he had. He put those stones in a bag. He puts them in a pouch. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine, verse 41, came and began drawing near to David. So here we go. We're going to get in a fight. <laughs> and the men who bore the shield went before him, went before uh, Goliath. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistines said to David, am I a dog? I would have said yes. That you come at me with sticks and the Philistine cursed. Now watch this. The Philistine cursed David by his gods. Oh my, my, my. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air 
and to the beasts of the field. See, that's what the devils start talking to you. Then David said to the Philistine, I love this. He said, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Glory to God, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. Right there, I'm telling you, right there, Goliath is a dead man. I said, right there, he's a dead man. I said, right there, he's, a de- he's as good as dead right there. When David said, he said, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you, I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. That would be Jesus, by the way. I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the name of Almighty God, Jehovah God, Jesus and the Holy Ghost. I'm coming at you in his name, the God of the armies of Israel whom you've defiled. And I'm telling you, Goliath is as good as dead right there. David is releasing his faith. He's releasing his faith. Number seven, if you're taking notes, stand in God's covenant and use the name of Jesus on the giant. That name of Jesus is above every name. God's given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so you see David's coming at him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Now watch this. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. David's talking to the giant. And I'll strike you and take your head from you. And this day I'll give the carcass, I'll get, I, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all, glory to God, then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not, oh, I love this, does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Glory to God. Glory to God forevermore. See, David is looking to the Lord. He's got his slingshot. He's got the stones. He's got all that. But ultimately, who is he looking at? He's looking at God. He's using the name of God, using the name of Jesus. He's looking at God because David knows that without God, he's nothing. Without God, he doesn't have a chance. Without God, he's going to get defeated. But he knows he has God, and he knows his covenant. And you see, number eight, if you're taking notes, tell the giant what you're going to do to him by the power of God. See, the giant will talk to you, as we've said, and he'll come at you again and again with the same words, and he'll threaten you and threaten you, and he'll tell you what he's going to do to you. Well, let's turn the table on the giant. Let's take the word of God, and let's start telling the giant what we're going to do to him by the power of God. And that's what David was doing right here. He was telling the giant what he was going to do to him by the power of God. Start quoting the word of God to the giant that comes up in your life. Start quoting the word to the devil. When the devil comes at you with thoughts and tells you all sorts of things that he's going to do to you, just start reminding him that he's destined for the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And then after that, he's destined for the lake of fire for eternity. Glory to God. And that'll discourage the devil. You know you can discourage the devil. I tell you, you can discourage the devil. And the devil's gone around discouraging us. Let's turn the tables on him and let's discourage him. What do you say? Just start, to, just start reminding him of what's going to ultimately happen to him. And it will happen to him because, you see, the holy word of God says what the devil's destiny is. Into the bottomless pit and then into the lake of fire. You see, glory to God. Now, verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hastened and ran toward the army of the Philistines. Look at that. He's running towards it. Now watch this. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. Now watch this. And he slung it. Now what do I see right here? Now, had David been talking his faith? Had he been talking his faith? Had he been talking? Yeah, he had been. Now what is he doing? Now he's releasing it through corresponding action. He's releasing it through corresponding action. Did you notice when he spoke to the giant, the giant's still standing. Is that correct? 
And it's good to speak to the giant. It's good to have a good confession of faith. That's wonderful. But there comes a point where we have to we have to have corresponding action with our faith. The Bible says without faith without works is dead, you see. Faith without corresponding action is dead. And here David, now he's going to put action to his words. He's not going to just talk it. Now he's going to walk it. And here we go. He goes and he puts his hand in his bag and he takes out a stone and he slung it and he struck the Philistine in the forehead so that the stone stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Now he did it with that first stone. Wonderful. David was a good shot. He didn't need those other stones. But they were there if he did. But he got him with the first stone. And you have to realize the way this giant was dressed, David didn't have much of an area to hit. David had a a, a good aim, good shot. But I also happen to believe that God helped that stone out just a little bit. I I, I happen to believe that. I I, I happen to believe that God came in there and intervened and and helped helped, helped to be sure that that stone hit just the right spot. And I also personally believe that God put some high-octane uh, uh, gunpowder in that thing, you know. And that when it, when it hit that giant, that it, 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 it supernaturally hit him. See, it didn't just hit him. It didn't just hit him in the natural. It hit him in the supernatural. Glory to God. David had the natural going, but God added his super, super to David's natural. You see what I'm saying? And, and so that, that, that stone was flying through there. And I personally believe that God sped that thing up and, and, and God put his super on David's natural and that slapped that David, uh, slapped that giant right in, right in that forehead, sunk it in and leveled him. Glory to God. Just kind of like you see on these wrestling matches, you know. That, that giant went down like somebody hit him over the head with a two by four, you see. Glory to God forevermore. That excites me. Number nine, put action to your faith if you're taking notes. Put action to your faith. Put action to your faith. Put action to your faith. Verse 50, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Think about that. And struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took the sword of the Philistine, drew it out, of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. He cut his head off with it. Number 10, complete the kill with the word of God. Complete the kill with the word of God. Now the giant went down. The Bible says he was killed. But have you ever seen any of these movies? And, 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 and I watch them after they've been edited and all the foul language and all the bad stuff's been taken out of them. You know, you know so many movies are really good movies if they just leave the, the cussing and the foul stuff out of them and, 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 and the sexual stuff, if they just leave. How many of you know Christians ought to be going watching that stuff? But I wait, I have to wait some time, but the, I don't think they edit them as much anymore as they used to, so I just don't watch them. But, but there's, there, there's lots of good movies that if they just leave all that garbage out, they, they'd, be, they'd be good movies and we could go watch them. But, I, but I've watched some of these movies o- o- over the years, you know, and uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the criminal, the killer, at the very end, the good guy, you know, gets them in some way. Because it looks like the killer's going to get the good guy and the good guy prevails somehow. And, 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 and the criminal's laying on the ground. How many's ever seen a movie like that? And we're all breathing a sigh of relief. Whew, the good guy is safe. And then just quicker than you can snap your finger, all of a sudden, that bad guy sits back up. Is that right? Have you ever seen a movie like that? And you jump. If you're like me, you jump out of your skin. And then usually the good guy does something else or something happens and ultimately finishes the bad guy off. Well, David isn't going to take any chances here. He's not going to take any chances. So, so we've knocked him down. 
The Bible says he's killed, but we're not going to let him sit back up. We're not going to let him sit back up. We're not going to let him get back up. Don't let, once the devil's been knocked down, once the giant's knocked down, don't let him get back up. Don't even take a chance. Don't even take a chance. And, and, and so he got the sword and he cut, he, he cut his head off. Glory to God. I, I, I said he cut his head off. You finished the kill with the word of God. How many times, how many times have we prayed for people right in this building here? And we've seen hundreds and hundreds over the last 25 years, hundreds of people healed by the power of God, cancer and, and all sorts of things healed by the power of God. People that the doctor said they had to die and, and, and the, I can't heal anybody, but the power of God touched them and, and healed them. But I can think of a good number of them that came in and we exercised our faith and we released the anointing of God. We released the power of God. And people, listen to me, they, they, they'd even get a, a, a report that they're healed. But you check on them six months, eight months, 12 months later. And they're sicker than they've ever been. And some of them have even gone and died. I, I can think of a number of them that, that the doctors have said, that, I mean, they'd come in here with cancer and the power of God had hit them and healed them. And the doctor said the cancer's gone. And, 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 they're, and, they, and, and within just a couple of years, they're dead. How can that be? They didn't take the sword. What is the sword of the Spirit? It's the Word of God. They didn't take the sword. They didn't take the word of God and complete the kill. Did you hear what I just said? I'm not talking about killing people. I'm talking about killing cancer, killing, killing, the de- killing sickness and disease and these sorts of things. They didn't stay. What am I saying? They didn't stay in the word of God. They came. They let me take the slingshot or the anointing and hit them with it. And they got healed with it. But then they didn't stay in the word of God for themselves. You've got to stay in the Word of God. Once the giant has been leveled, once he's been knocked down, and once he's even even dead, don't take any chances. You must stay in the Word of God. You must stay in the Word of God and complete the kill. Have you ever heard of Dodie Osteen? Anybody ever hear of her? Wonderful, powerful woman of God. And I think she was diagnosed some 30 some odd years ago, whatever it was, with, I think it was liver cancer. And uh, she's miraculously healed, praise God. And I heard her give a testimony and, and, and how she went through and what she did to overcome and, and, and get the victory and receive the healing power of God. And she said, and I heard her say this, every morning for the last 25, 30 years, even though she's been declared totally healed, of cancer, every morning she gets up and goes through the same dedication to God that she did some 25, 30 years ago to, to get healed. And somebody asked her and said, what would happen, Dodie, if you stopped doing that every morning? After all, you're healed. She said, I wouldn't live very long. It would come back on me and I'd die. What a great lesson we can learn. Same lesson with David here. She received her healing, but she must, we must understand, and she understands, you've got to maintain it. You've got to stay in the Word of God. You've got to complete the kill. How bad do you want to live? How bad do you want to live? Jesus asked that man at the pool of Bethesda, he said, do you want to be made well? Now, I understand we can't do anything of ourselves to, to, to earn God's healing power. But I tell you what, there's some dedication. There's a price to pay to get in and tap the power of God. And then to maintain it. See, a lot of people, wanna, a lot of people they're, real good with the, they're real good with the slingshot. They're, they can even get the giant down on the ground. But you've got to keep him down. And you do so by staying in the word of God. And that's what David did here. He took this sword. This sword. I don't care that it was Goliath's sword. It was a sword. And the sword is a type of the, uh, uh, of the word of God. The sword of the spirit. The word of God. And he cut the giant's head off. Not taking any chances. Can you say amen? amen. 
And then I'm almost finished here. Look at verse 51. Pick up midway through the verse. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, what did they do? Now, now we got the devil running. I like that. I like that. When the giant falls, the rest of the devil's cohorts will run in terror. And in verse 52, now the men of Israel and Judah arose and now they're ready to shout. Now David's brothers and the other soldiers are ready to shout. Did you know your victory can inspire others? I said your victory can inspire others. A lot of people watching you, you don't even realize they're watching you, but they are. And your victory can inspire others. And they pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and the gates of Ekron. And the, and, and the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Sheram, even as far as where? As far as Gath. Where did Goliath come from? He came from Gath. And now word is going back to Gath that the, that the giant is dead. Their champion is dead. And no doubt Goliath's brothers heard that. I, I, I like that. And the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines. They plundered their tents. See, when the giant falls, when the giant falls, word will get back to Gath and discourage his brothers and any other giants from coming your way. That's real good to know. You know that as well as I do in a schoolyard. If there's a bully out there, if you can knock that bully out, nobody else is going to mess with you. And so what David did is he knocked out the biggest bully that there is. Nobody else is going to mess with him. And frankly, just I'll just throw this in later on, David did face Goliath's brothers and some giants and whatnot, and he finished them off too. And David was much older at the time. But the point of this story is word will get back to where the giant came from and discourage others from coming your way. And then verse 54, I love this. David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. I wonder what he did. I wonder what this, what would a 16, 17-year-old boy do with the head of a giant probably hanging up in his bedroom? I don't know that he did that, but... What's the point? Keep something to remind yourself of your victory over the giant. Keep a memento. Keep, keep something up in front of you to remind you of the victory God gave you over the giant. So don't ignore the giant. Don't react to the giant based on fear but faith. Don't magnify the giant. Know your enemy. Know your covenant. Use your faith on smaller problems before the giant shows up. You can't kill the giant based on someone else's revelation of the word of God. You must have your own. Use the name of Jesus on the giant. Tell the giant what you're going to do to him. Prophesy to him. Put action to your faith and complete the kill with the word of God. Stand with me if you, if you would please. Glory to God. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Stand with me if you would and just bow your heads. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 